Welcome to the Messy Walk Podcast with Pastor Adam Cook, where our goal is to have a genuine and authentic conversation about the Christian faith journey and what a messy walk with Jesus really looks like. Make sure to follow us for future episodes that will be posted regularly each Wednesday. We hope you enjoy this episode. Hey everybody, welcome to the Messy Walk Podcast. We are here with episode 104. And we're continuing our series, The Rookie Pastor, myself, Matt, and we're here with Adam, the veteran pastor. I'm here, asking questions, <laughs> giving some wisdom. Yes, or at least much needed. That's what I think it is. Anyway, I don't know. This is question number what in the series? Number eight. Number eight. It's going to be the question you wanted me to skip that you did not want to do. Yeah, so last, I think it was last our last recording, I told Matt, so this question that we're about to ask was, was up, we were supposed to do it, I think, last time. And then I was like... I don't want to do that one right now. Let's skip it. And you'll see why in just a minute. (laughs) (laughs) I skipped it, but we got to come back to it now because I can't just skip his questions. And so I think it'll help. Um, It's just, it's just hard to talk through. Um, But yeah, we'll, we'll do that. Um, Didn't you have some people you want to give a shout out to? Yes, I'd like to. I was in Patrick County last week and I saw some people I knew and I figured I'd give a shout out on here because I am from Patrick County, Virginia, a very little small area um it's what southwest virginia would you say and uh yeah about an hour north of the state line yes virginia north carolina state line something like that yeah um yeah so shout out to all those patrick county folks (laughs) all seven of you (laughs) we might have the whole county listening (laughs) maybe (laughs) um we want to give some context to that so you know what's that area like matt very um a lot of a lot of mountains a lot of sticks and a lot of a lot of woods, a lot of wood areas. Then we got three stoplights. Well, they got three stoplights and a <laughs> and a Walmart. They did upgrade. Oh, yeah, coming up big. I'm probably, but they probably have seventeen Dollar Generals scattered out through the countryside. They're yes, definitely working on it. <laughs> Dollar Generals fall out of the sky. I actually have a theory on Dollar Generals. I think that uh, the the church planting movement. In the next, I'm getting nerdy now. Just hold up, we'll come back. Sorry, <laughs> the church planting movement in the next. I don't know, 30 to 40 years will be kind of like the Dollar General movement. So I think that um, the church planting movement has been, you know, let's go into big, uh, big areas. So where there's a lot of people, right? So big metropolitan areas on the outskirts of metropolitan areas and plant a church, right? And grow it as big as we can and get it, get it up as fast as we can. And we'll be pulling from a whole group of people. So there's a lot of people there. That's why you go there because you can that reach that critical mass quicker. And I think that we'll end up following the Dollar General method going here pretty soon. And instead, like going back to the local area um, instead of people coming in, the church going to where they are and planting like literally, I literally think we'll be planting an empty Dollar Generals. So small yeah. spots, small, smaller buildings in the middle of local communities um, in rural areas, which yep. is where Dollar Generals find themselves. I mean, it's you know? a logical thought. I think so. I think <laughs> so. Which is nothing more, by the way, than than how church was planted a very, very, very long time ago. You know, yeah, when true. you had, like, if you think back through when First Baptist Church popped up on every little Main Street corner when the town was small, right? Mm-hmm. When First Presbyterian Church popped up, when First United Methodist Church popped up. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, that's true. Like, that's what it was. It was in the locality where people lived. Um, and it, you know, started off small and then yeah. they begin to grow. And so, um, and now, now as those areas have grown, most of those first churches we're talking about are in great big cities and downtown areas now. Right. Yeah. But I really do think like, uh, where what will end up happening is, is we'll end up planting more rural churches and we'll literally go into literally into dollar general buildings because they have figured out 
where to locate to reach the the local community that needs those goods and services. Yeah, know? maybe it's a model so, to follow. I'm sure. telling you, I'm telling you, watch out, watch <laughs> out. You'd be shopping at the Dollar General now. Thirty years from now, you'd be old, and it'll be a church. So, uh, well, when it happens, you're gonna have to say, "Hey, this was my." Idea. I told you so. Go back and listen to the Messy Walk podcast. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, for sure. Um, so, yeah, shout out to all the Patrick County, Virginia people probably listening right now as they drive to the Dollar General. <laughs> <laughs> Yep. <laughs> All right, question eight. Let's jump in. So All questions right. from a rookie pastor to a veteran pastor. Um, and question number eight that I didn't want to an- answer, that I have to answer today. What is it? It is, would, you, would your spouse say that you've placed her above your ministry? Oh, my goodness. Let's see why I didn't want to answer this question. Yes. Would your spouse say that you have placed her above your ministry? <sighs> No, she would not say that. There's, there's not even a question. She wouldn't even hesitate. Yeah. Like she, I hesitated more just now than she would have hesitated because I wanted to put my head down and and uh, cry a little bit when I said that. Um, yeah. But no, she would be like, uh, absolutely not. Um, you have put. If it was a real honest conversation, she'd say you have put the ministry above me, above our family. That's what she'd say. I mean, there's been there's been moments where that hasn't been the case. And there's been times where we've been working on that, um, and we're working on it right now. Yeah. Uh, she actually might right now though. Here's here's kind of here's something cool, right? Yep. Um, she actually might say right now that the last six months to a year, um, it would lean more towards yes. That's no, good, right? That's good. Yeah, that's that's pretty good. So I'm a, <laughs> I'm trying to make myself not want to sink down in the chair yes. right now. Because um, when you record a podcast, you have to keep your face up at the mic. And what I want to do is hide and sink into my chair. But this is a tough question. It's hard, right? And so she would say that. I mean, I think I've said this on a podcast before. And I actually have talked about my wife quite a bit in this series. Yes. Um, in the first episode, um, in the um, I think the last one, in the one a couple episodes ago, which I think was our, my absolute favorite one, was about being... Um, you know, about the greatest joys that you have in yes. ministry. And I was talking through, you know, that with her. Um, so I've actually mentioned her a lot recently, but she's, she said this many times in our life and marriage, which by the way, the majority of our marriage has been in ministry, right? So like we were talking about this, you, you're the rookie here asking the questions. Yes. The majority of your life has not been in full-time, the majority of your marriage life has not been in full-time ministry, yeah, right? You're true. just getting into it. I mean, you guys have been married how long? 14 years. I almost got you in trouble just now. You didn't <laughs> yeah, know it. No. Nah. <laughs> yeah, 14 years. <laughs> yeah, so, so for 14 years, that hadn't been the case, but now you're about to enter into it. So, But, but for us, uh, we've been in full-time ministry um, for 22 out of the 23 years we've been married. Wow. You know, I'm right. So the vast majority, right, a lot. Um, and so she said this plenty of times over the years, and I've said it before on the podcast. That we want the Adam everybody else gets. That mm-hmm. what we feel like we get is the leftovers. Yeah. Um, and she said that, I mean, gosh, a hundred times. Um, I'm sure that's hard to hear. Too. Yeah, you know, and, and it's true. It's real. It's absolutely true. And I can see that. And there's been plenty of times where she would have said that to me. And I would do what we do when we get confronted by something, right? So when we, you know, the Holy Spirit convicts us, right? Yes. And then the Holy Spirit has multiple jobs. Convicts us convinces us and empowers us to walk into who we are in Jesus, right? To walk out our gifts and our abilities and the power of Christ. And, and but, but convicting and convincing is a big part of the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And so it's not like I didn't know it deep down in my soul that that was the case. Um, it's just that 
I wasn't convinced. The Holy Spirit can convict you, and you are still pushing back on the convincing. Yeah. And a lot of times what the Holy Spirit will do is use somebody else to convict and convince you in that. And so um, I did what we do when we don't want to hear that. And so I just deflected it back. I was like, dismissed it. No, yep. it's not true at all. I do this. I do that. Come up with all these reasons to defend why that's not a true statement when really I knew it was. And it yeah, always has true. been, right? Um, it, it just has been. And so uh, I see it. Um, I've been convicted about it. I have been convinced of it. Um, and I think that where I'm at now in this new season is being empowered by the Holy Spirit to live differently and to make that, you know, primary ministry primary. Like you, there is no doubt you can go to Scripture to find this. You can just naturally figure it out that as a Christ follower, your primary ministry is your immediate family. Right. So, you know, those people that are in your household that you are responsible for. Right. You know, that is your primary ministry. Matter of fact, one of the qualifications in the New Testament for being in leadership in ministry is that 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 household is in order. And a better way to say that is, is that, you know, that you're attending to your primary ministry first. Yeah, that's true. Because that gives you the moral authority to be able to speak into somebody else's life or the lead from that. Right. It makes makes a lot of sense. And so. You know, um, the the primary ministry has to be first. And so in this season, I feel like the Holy Spirit is, have been convicted and convinced of it and is empowering me to, he's empowering me to really live that out, that the primary ministry has to be first. And and that's, that, that's really important. Like, I don't know, we just said this a couple episodes ago. Yeah. That what, what, here's the home run. The home run as a Christ follower, is not how many people listen to you, how many butts are in seats or pews or whatever it is you use, how influential you are in the community, how many people you serve, how many people you lead to Jesus. The home run is, at the end of the day, your wife and your kids love the Lord, their God, with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength. Yeah, that's good. And love his church, mm-hmm. right? I mean, is it not the home run? Yes. I mean, if we got to the end of this thing and you said, okay, you know, well done, good and faithful servant, what does that mean coming from the Lord when you reach judgment? I think part of that's going to be your family, the people closest to you. Yeah. They love the Lord, their God, with everything they got, and they love his holy church. Yeah. That's the home run, right? It is. So, you know, I'm being convinced convicted convinced and now empowered to actually make that happen that's um, good so you know but but it took a lot i mean it mm-hmm. took a long time because i'm such a driven type a i don't know I, you know everybody listening to this is going to be different types of personalities but if you are a driven type a high strung you know go as hard as you can even if it's to the detriment of other things because you're singularly focused you're laser focused you got blinders on like the horse running the race you yeah. know what i mean like um you're going to have a tendency to pursue this thing that you think you're called to, that you know you're called to, whatever it is, at 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 all cost, disregard to everything else. Um, and that's that was me. Yeah, you know that, that was me. It's 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 still a piece of who I am as a person, but uh, God's God's working on that in me. 
you know, mm-hmm. and, and I and I am happy to say that I think that she would definitely. I ought to ask her this yeah. question. Maybe we should have had her say. Maybe so. Uh, maybe we should now. <laughs> no, uh, uh, I ought to ask her this question and see yeah. if she agrees with me because I know her answer to this would be no. And yeah. I'm gonna say, but in the last six months to a year, do you feel like it's different? You yeah. know, um, is it a maybe? Can I get a maybe? Right? Yes. And you know, and so I, th- I think she would say that. And um, this just this is a hard one. Yeah, this um, is a tough one. What's well, good for me too, because you know, being married and doing this now, starting my own journey, it's good to to hear the you know having advice and knowing that I should keep a check on it myself. And anyone going yeah. into ministry or a big part of ministry, and this is good for you to make sure you're checking yourself on it as well. Yeah, I think you know, obviously, if you're a Christ follower, then you you have a purpose and a and a job in the kingdom of God. Doesn't matter whether it's full time ministry or not, right? Yeah. You 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 are to serve His body and His world. Um, you to serve. You to serve in the church and outside of the church. You are to have a role within the church. You are to walk out your gifts, your abilities, your talents inside and outside the church. I mean, it's a given. You can't. You can't. You, you can't interpret the scripture any other way. Yeah, that's right? true. You can't. And so, so that would mean every single Christ follower listening to this episode has to guard against the exact same stuff, um, no matter what your role is. And so, you may have to guard against it harder. If your role is completely fully immersed in leading the, the local church or a big chunk of the local church, right? Yes. Um, so if it's if it's leading a specific ministry, you know, like thinking about all the people who who run kids ministries that are listening right now, you know, mm-hmm. like like a church within a church, right? And think yeah. of all the people running youth ministries that are listening, and or running a particular mission oriented piece or whatever it may be. But then the people that are serving in those areas the same way. You've got a job and a task to do. And if you don't watch, if you don't guard, you could become more focused on that than you are at home, you know, Mm -hmm. and you can end up using your gifts and talents. Like think about this, the, the, you using your, your spiritual gifts, serving the church body, but you don't use the spiritual gifts serving the primary body you have at home. Yeah. Right. That's That's dangerous territory. Right. And it happens very easily, Mm -hmm. you know, because when you, when you exert these things with other people, you do tend to do what I did by default, which is give leftovers to the people that are with you all the time. Right. Because you have this level of comfort with them. They know me or whatever. And so you don't have to feel like you give, you have to give it your best at that situation. So you can give it your best here with people that don't know you as well, and then you can be real at home. And I'm telling you that that will not work. Yes. Um, as I've have failed in it multiple times, that you've got to actually give your best across all of it. And so what that's probably going to mean, and this is so hard for a type A person like me to say <laughs> this, what that's, but this is what God's showing me. What, what it's primarily going to mean is, is that if you are currently giving your best – all the time you can't help it to what you're doing in ministry. And then that's causing you to give less than your best or settle for they know me, whatever, it's okay at home. What that means is you're going to have to adjust, which means you're going to have to give less of your best to everybody else so that you can give more of your best at home. It doesn't mean you vacate the other one, right? It doesn't mean that you completely stop serving in the body of Christ or pull back. It means you've got to even out this giving your best part. So you either got to raise to give your best at home or you got to lower the one, you know, and, and, and you're, you're, you will find, and I, I have had to find that I have had to, um, lower my intensity in 
ministry yep. to be able to give that same enthusiasm and passion in the home. Right. That makes sense. Um, whereas like I would have, what I'd love to have done is said, Oh, I just had to raise my enthusiasm and passion at home to match was, but I, I realized that I'm incapable of that as a human, there's limits to those things. And so what yep. I found is I had to, I had to, you know, make them more even by lowering the intensity in the church, which by the way is more real, right? Yep. That's, that's more real. That's going back to what I talked to you about before. It says the biggest piece that's kept me from moral failure, moral complete bankrupt, has been this push to true authenticity and transparency. Mm-hmm. And so if you back down um, the, the you know, intensity in the ministry part, what that does is it allows you to be able to raise that part at home, which really is bringing you more into an authentic who you are anyway, right? Yeah, because Because you were really kind of manufacturing some of that. Um, and it won't really you, you know yep. what I mean? Like it won't, if you're nice, happy smile guy all the time, this is what my wife says to me. So I'm talking to myself. <laughs> if you're nice, happy smile, make everybody laugh. Everybody loves you guy around other people. And then home, you want to be quiet or you're snippy or you get aggravated real quick. Part of what you're doing with other people is fake. Yeah, that makes sense. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So you're going to have to lower that intensity down anyway to be real regardless. And yeah. so I think that's the, that's the key there is, you know, and you got to understand too that, that we're not. That there are we talked about this on the last podcast that, that that balance is a myth. That there has to be rhythm. There are seasons where, yeah, um, your work, your job, your whatever it is, is going to get more intense focus during that season than home situation. Mm-hmm. But that has to be in a rhythm, and so it has to be in a rhythm where it's not all the time. If that's the case, which means when it you know that it's coming, because you can pick up on these rhythms. You, yep. you do it over time. You pick up on them, and so you know that I well, I'm going to increase what's happening at home, decrease what's happening at ministry, job, work, or whatever, because I know this season's coming where it's going to flip flop. Yeah, and then sense. when I go out of that busy, busy season that I'm at work, ministry, whatever it is, I got to ramp that thing down and pick up the higher rhythm at home. You know, the more at home to balance this thing out, mm-hmm. right? Because it's all about it's all in a rhythm, you know, and so. Um, and you know, it's taken me 20 plus years to really figure this out. I really do think, and I hate to keep going back to this, but it's just such a, it's been such a pivotal moment, um, in our culture that it's hard not to go back to it. I've learned a lot of this since COVID. Yeah. COVID was the impetus for a lot of this to be figured out. It slowed everybody down a lot. It really did. There was something, you know, like and I think that it's okay to say, but I mean, if you notice that you'll that when you're thinking about dates, you'll go, "All right, was that before COVID or after COVID?" Mm-hmm. Right? It's like back back a long time ago, um, you would do the same thing with nine eleven. Yeah, you would go, "Was that before?" I can't remember when that was. It was, it was around this time. Was it before nine eleven or was it after nine yeah, eleven? Like you'll think sense. about it that way. And COVID's kind of the same way. And I I don't know what was happening with COVID. I just know that that. A bunch of the stuff in that season, God got my attention. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, really did on these things being out of whack. And I don't know if I've shared your story, but I'm going to share it, and then I'm going to quit talking about this because I don't want to talk about it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I felt the the conviction of the Holy Spirit that this was out of balance in my life. This was this this rhythm was all out of whack mm-hmm. um, for a long time. And me and Valerie had lots of fights where she was saying, you know, whoops, my phone just rang. Um, <laughs> error on the podcast operator, not turning it on, do not disturb. Um, I had, I, I, Valerie had been saying this for me for a long time. And so we'd fight about it. We'd argue about it. I'd deflect it. I'd defend it, like I was saying earlier. 
but I knew that um, I needed to focus more on home. Um, primary ministry is what I'd call that, right? Mm-hmm. And but but I wasn't leaning into the conviction. Holy Spirit was working, but I wasn't being convicted by it. And then COVID hits, and sometime in the beginning of that, it made me question everything, right? It made me question everything because everything about church changed yeah, when COVID. Hit. That's true. Um, and I think a lot of good stuff changed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I started leaning in more, being more convicted by it, like actually listening to the conviction of it from the Holy Spirit, and then. Um, there was a moment where the Holy Spirit convinced me of this that was pretty supernatural, right? And I know that some of you are listening. You come from some sort of church background where uh, the supernatural is dismissed um, or, at best, not really discussed, kind of ignored, right? Mm -hmm. I get it. I kind of grew up like that, too. And so, uh, but I'm telling you, God is supernatural. Yes, very much. (laughs) And uh, and moves in supernatural ways. and, and it's wild sometimes and how mm-hmm. he does those things, right? He, he's not limited by anything. You can't live in him, right? And so um, he, he the, the convincing really happened in this moment where I felt like he was directly speaking to me. We were at small group. Have I shared this before? You know? I, we, I, all right. We were at small group. I'm excited. I, I'm, yeah. I, I'm wondering where it's going. We were at small group at a house that we've met at a bunch of times, um, tons of times. And they have the great people, and I love them, and um, – they have a, a downstairs bathroom that's like the bathroom that everybody uses if you're visiting. You know what I'm talking about? One of them mm-hmm. bath we don't got one of these at our house. One of them bathrooms that ain't got no bathtub in it. You know what I'm talking about? They're like so it's just a yeah, yeah, it's yeah, a yeah, half bath. That's what yeah, they call it. Yeah, half bath. We don't have no half baths at our house. <laughs> half bath, right? I got so one it's, downstairs. It's the one where everybody uses the bathroom when at your house, but they can't see all your uh, stuff in the shower. Yeah. You know what I mean? And all your stuff <laughs> in the all your stuff in the uh, medicine cabinet. Yeah, that can be really good at times. <laughs> yeah, right. When someone surprisingly comes, we ain't over. got one of those. And by the way. Everybody looks through your stuff in the bathroom at least one time. They glance. They at least glance. But we were we were there, and we so I don't use this bathroom like a hundred times in my time at their home. I mean, over the course of several years, and it's always been decorated the same, right? So ain't no decorations change or anything like that. And I go in there and I'm gonna pee, and I'm getting specific, but <laughs> anyway. And there's a there's a shelf on the wall there, and it's right at my perfect eye height while I'm peeing. And so I'm just like glancing at it. And I've glanced at this same shelf in the same place with the same decorations a hundred times. Mm-hmm. And it's this little watering can, that little decorative watering can, Hobby Lobby watering can. It's white. And on the little white de- decorative watering can, it says water. Right? Makes sense. Mm-hmm. And then there's this little little matching pot beside it with a little fake plant inside of it. It matches it, you know, it looks like you got it from Hobby Lobby, and then printed on it in the same font, same style, same color, it says home, right? Mm-hmm. And so you look at these two things, and they say water home. And I glanced at this thing this one particular day, and I went, huh, water home. Hmm. God, are you trying to say something to me right now? Yeah. You know? Because remember, I've already been fighting against this conviction about this for years and mm-hmm. years, if not a decade, pushing back against it, pushing back against it. Always figuring out some way that, no, that can't be true. She's yeah. wrong for saying this. She's selfish for saying this. <laughs> I do my best for this family. Mm-hmm. I work hard for this family. One time I said, you know what? I go work. To ev- I, w- I go to work every day and work hard for this family. And Valerie was like, do you really? Are you really working hard for this family? Mm. She said, there's no doubt you work hard. Are you working hard for this family? Are you working hard for God? Or are you working hard to grow the church? And, you know, of That's course, tough. I argued with her for another hour and a half yep. and didn't admit it. But 
you know. Anyway, so I'm like, are you trying to get my attention? Water home, water home. I just couldn't get it off my head, man. And so I list, I went back into the group, and I sat there for a while, and I couldn't get it away from it. And that, that night I told her the same thing that I felt. You know, these things said water home. God was telling me something. And and she, of course, was like, duh, I've been telling you the same thing for forever. Yeah. Um, but then she kind of dismissed me. Uh, and the next day I couldn't get it off my head. I couldn't get it off my head. You know, I, mean, I just couldn't. And I, so I just kept thinking about it. Like I could see it right now. I closed my eyes. Water home, water home, water. I just felt, and then so finally, I was like, "All right, God, I hear you. I hear, I hear you." Well, then, about three weeks later, a month later, she and I go to um, a church planting conference called Exponential. Um, it happens in Orlando every year. As a matter of fact, I'm about to go now. I'm about oh, wow. to head to it now. Um, and, and it's the largest gathering of church planters in the world, right? So mm-hmm. there'll be ten thousand plus church planters. Um, and so it's just a cool thing. And so we're in this session. So this is like three weeks after that moment, that water home moment got my attention. The We're at this church planting conference, and they're at the end of the session of one of the days. And this guy we've been sitting beside is a guy from um, Africa originally. So he's got this heavy African accent, which I have a heavy Southern American accent. Um, so I don't know how we could even communicate with each other, but I kind of speak English and he kind of <laughs> speaks English. And so, um, so we're sitting there and then Valerie's with me, you know, right beside him and we're talking to him and stuff. And, um, we drove him back to his hotel one day and stuff like that. And he's actually planted a church in Norway, um, which mm-hmm. is crazy because Norway's like the whitest people in the world. That is right. Crazy. So it's really cool. That is crazy. And so anyway, we're talking, everything's cool. And so we get to one of these sessions in one of the days and the way they close this main session. So it's 10,000 pastors in there and they're doing worship and all that stuff. The way they close it is, is that they're practicing, they're helping us practice speaking words from the Holy Spirit to somebody else. So if the, you know, if the Holy Spirit mm. gives you a word for somebody else, you speak it to them. And so they're trying to help us practice it in a way that's not like, you know, everybody going to pretend in yeah. front, you know how that goes sometimes, or all the people who are not used to the supernatural move of the Holy Spirit um, don't make it weird. You know what I mean? Yeah, they don't I mean, feel weirded out, right? So yeah. they're trying to work us through it. So they just basically said, look, we're going to pray right now, and if you feel like you've got a word from the Spirit for somebody beside you or whatever, just ask permission and speak it to them, and you know, don't don't expect it to go anywhere. You're just, you're just being a delivery mechanism here. You yeah, know what I mean? And so don't force it, you know, whatever. And I was like, oh, this is cool, you know? Mm-hmm. And so we were sitting there, and all of a sudden – uh, God taps me on the shoulder. The African guy who now lives in Norway, he's a pastor. He taps me on the shoulder and he says, I have a word for you. Do you mind? And I was like, no, man, go ahead. You know, please. Mm-hmm. You know, we're praying and stuff. And he goes, I just feel like he said, I don't know what this means. I don't know where it's coming from. But the Lord is telling me to tell you, water home. Mm. Man. You know? That is intense. Like I got almost, I'm back to cry mm-hmm. thinking about it. And it was that moment right then where I was convinced. Mm. Like the work of the Holy Spirit took me from conviction to convincing mm-hmm. in that moment. And that was um, that was a year ago. Mm. And so in this past year, I feel like the Holy Spirit is moving me into this empowering piece of you can walk in this. This is doable. Um, grace is all around you and it surrounds you. It's going to cover your mistakes and... Your wife loves you, your children love you, and that there is a better way to do mm-hmm. what you've been doing that's, um, good. that's good on both sides. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And so um, I do feel like over the last year or so, it's starting to come together 
but uh, it's a struggle. And I think for me and my personality style, it'll probably always be a struggle of some mm-hmm. sort. Um, just because I think that a lot of my sinfulness roots in me, um, needing to feel successful and be in control and, you know, you know what I mean? And so mm-hmm. anytime I'm not following the lead of the Holy Spirit correctly, which we're all falling in and out of that all day long, um, yeah. I'm going to tend back to put the blinders on and trudge, trudge forward with what is most pressing and what's yeah. most pressing as always feels to me like it's ministry and what I'm doing, you know, yeah. and not necessarily my family. So, so long, long answer to say, uh, no, that's how she'd answer that question. But you're working um, on it. We're working on it and, and we're moving and God's <laughs> yes. good, man. Yes. God moves like that. So, um, that's a true story. I'm not making any of it up. Um, and it, I really do feel like it has changed me. And mm-hmm. yeah, that's just the power of the, 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 God loves you and sees you on the deepest parts of your soul mm-hmm. and the goodness of you that is, that is in him. He sees it and loves you. And then, and then the parts that are just a mess and nasty and you don't want to submit them. He sees all those things and he sees all the ways in which you don't even see. And he is molding you, man, molding mm-hmm. you and making you into who he wants you to be. And that work is intense. Um, but it was, you know, I'm sitting here, re- I'm not relegating it to one supernatural moment. It was happening for years. And yep. years you know what I mean? It just mm-hmm. took that moment to really, I think, cement me being convinced of the conviction that was happening. Yep. You know, so thanks, Matt, for that Thank wonderful you. question. Yes. I really appreciate thanks, it so much. Thanks for answering it in the- yeah. At least I, you, at least you brought some new listeners to the podcast. Yes. You don't ask me a hard question like that. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> well, thank you guys for listening to episode one hundred and four, number yes. eight in our series. Rookie questions from a rookie pastor to a veteran pastor. I'll take it easy on you next time. Please do. All right, we'll see you guys next <laughs> week. I right, see you guys. Thank you for joining us on the Messy Walk Podcast with Pastor Adam Cook. Make sure to follow us for future episodes that will be posted regularly each Wednesday. Have a good day.